And then the day before she was born, I did five or six miles and then went into labor that night and she was born the next day. So it didn't really actually affect me. That Breathlon Show, episode 33. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. As always, I'm your host, Michael, and today's show is all about training during and after pregnancy and what you can do, what you can't do, and, and also we go into a bit about how to train and find time for uh, combining a job and then raising a toddler after that first period of getting back into things and and all sorts of things and and today's guest is uh, a professional triathlete that has been going through all of this her name is uh, Jocelyn McCauley and she's an up-and-coming star in the professional ranks I would say because she recently won Ironman New Zealand and uh, in a great field as well so very competitive so so she and she's looking to go to Kona this year as a professional for the first time. She is a former winner of the overall amateur female division at, at Kona, but but now she's looking to go back as a pro. And as I said, she has been going through this training up until the night before lay going into labor and then just a week after after her daughter was born, she was back at it training and then racing a 70.3 11 weeks after that. So yeah, Jocelyn has been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And uh, also she has a degree in exercise science and in nursing and has been working as a nurse. So she has some expertise as well. So this is a useful episode. It's actually a requested episode. One of the athletes that I coach is uh, going through this or is pregnant at the moment. So, so she was asking about this topic and uh yeah i'm happy to have found jocelyn who was a great guest to talk about this so let's just dive right into the interview and hear what jocelyn has to say about training during and after pregnancy on today's interview on that triathlon show it's uh, my pleasure to welcome jocelyn mccauley welcome to the show jocelyn thank you so you're a fresh winner from Ironman, reasonably fresh winner of Ironman New Zealand, and but you've actually been racing since. So so you're a professional triathlete. Can you give us a brief overview of how you got into triathlon and, and where you are at the moment on your triathlon journey? Yeah, I started triathlon, well, I became a pro two and a half years ago. I did my first full three years ago, actually, almost exactly three years ago. My sister got into these, my older sister, and loved it. And I went to her races and loved the atmosphere of the races and everything like that. And so decided to do a full myself for some unknown reason. I <laughs> crazy. And so I decided to do one and I did it in May 2014 and qualified for Kona and did Kona. And then, you know, I earned my pro card in both of those races. And so decided after a lot of family talk and everything like that to uh, take on the pro lifestyle and, uh, and jump into the pro field. Why not? You know, you live once and say so you might as well pursue your dreams when you can. So yeah. And you actually won Kona in your age group, didn't you? Yeah, I was the first overall uh, amateur female. So, first overall yeah. amateur. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so that's pretty impressive. What made you 
progress so rapidly in triathlon? You have a, an athletic background that is pretty strong. Yeah, I ran I ran cross country and track and field in high school and college, and dabbled in uh, running post collegiately as well. Some and and so yeah, I had a huge athletic background, and so you know a big aerobic base and everything like that. And so jumping into triathlon was a very easy step, especially when you keep getting injured running. And so you do triathlon and you have three disciplines instead of just one. So it was helpful. <laughs> yeah, everybody says that. I just mentioned off air that I was just talking to Mary Beth Ellis and uh, she said the same about her running. And obviously the listeners are familiar with my story, which is exactly the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> running. But uh, the main topic of today's interview is actually how you have been training during and, and after pregnancy with your daughter, Emily, and, all, and also now raising her. How old is she at the moment? She just turned four. So Yeah, okay. So, you, so you've been going at it for a while. Uh, actually, I, I coach an athlete that specifically asked about this topic, and I've been trying to read up on it myself. But the advice that you get out there is pretty generic often. So yeah. I find that it's, it's very challenging to really get much good information but then so i started googling which interviewees i could i could find for the podcast <laughs> and find some some insights that way and and your name came up in in an article and i obviously w- was familiar already with what you have been doing in the pro ranks but not your backstory so right right so i think it'll be great to talk about this because i mean many people get pregnant at least yes. women women do <laughs> yes so, so can you give us start start off by just telling us what you did for training during your pregnancy yeah. So during my pregnancy, life was really crazy just because I was, so I had, I had just, I, I signed up for my first half Ironman the year before, before I knew I was pregnant and then got pregnant. And her due date was like 10 and a half weeks before the race. And so I was like, well, you know what? I'm signed up for it. We might as well do it. And I was also uh, pursuing a uh, nursing school. And so I was in my last year of nursing school and everything. So that was pretty intense and crazy and everything. But I used training as kind of like my time and my like meditation time to be by myself and, and also to be studying. I always had a book in front of me on the bike or on the treadmill. I had flashcards, like looking through flashcards and everything on the run and stuff. And, um, and that is something that I did a lot when I was pregnant is that I did a lot of treadmill and, and trainer riding just because I was pregnant through the winter and then spring and I live in Ohio. So it's like ice and snow outside and I'm fine running in that when I'm not pregnant, but I didn't want to fall and fall on my stomach and, you know, do something and, and everything like that. So, and I didn't want to crash on my bike and, and have any damage. So I decided to just play it safe on my trainer and treadmill. And then also you're a lot closer to a bathroom whenever you need it. So, so it's just, (laughs) helpful in those last couple months of pregnancy when you have to go to the bathroom every like hour at least. So yeah, I did a lot of that. And then I actually, I didn't do a lot of swimming. I didn't do any swimming actually, which is like the best thing for you when you're pregnant is at least what I'm told. But uh, I didn't want to have to buy a new swimsuit (laughs) and I didn't have a swimsuit that fit me while I was pregnant. (laughs) So I was cheap and just decided not to swim. But uh I mean, there's a lot of advice out there on, you know, go off of heart rate or go off of feel and and different things like that. And my doctors were really 
I guess, progressive and they didn't say like, you don't need to worry about your heart rate. It's not about your heart rate because honestly, your body's going to deprive you of oxygen and you're going to have to slow down before you damage the baby at all. And so just go off of feel and go off of pace and just let how you feel dictate how you can train. So yeah, that's an important point. I read that as well when I was investigating this this issue that uh, you're not going to to do any any damage to the baby by, no. by going too hard. Uh, so so when did uh, your pregnancy at, at what point during your pregnancy did it start affecting the way that you trained? Except that you trained inside. I mean, with intensity and stuff. Did you did you change that at, at any point anyway? Even though it doesn't do any damage, right? No, I mean, I didn't have a whole bunch of intensity in my training anyway, because when I was training for this half, you know, I wasn't a pro. And so I wasn't, I wasn't as concerned. I mean, I was concerned, but I wasn't as concerned about like accomplishing a certain time or, or things like that. I was more about wanting to do the half Ironman to just do it and to finish it and, and everything. And so I didn't, I didn't have a ton of intensity, but I still kept my little bit of intensity in there. It was more like tempo. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like F FTP, you know, efforts or, you know, anything like that. So it wasn't crazy fast, but I mean, I, the week before she was, she was born on a Wednesday that Saturday, I did a two and a half hour ride somewhere around that on my bike, on the trainer, you know, just a nice aerobic pace. And the, during that week before it was probably a week before I did 13 miles every week. I did one, one run that was a half marathon. I don't know. I just wanted to. So I did that. And, uh, and then the day before she was born, I did five or six miles and then went into labor that night and she was born the next day. So it didn't really actually affect me like in a way of like, I can't do as much or like, you know, anything like that. I was still able to do everything that I wanted to do. And I was really fortunate and blessed in that because I know that some women like they get too sick to be able to do things and just can't do it or they get too uncomfortable or anything like that. But uh, she was an easy pregnancy. So it was really, really nice to continue my lifestyle. So that's perfect. Uh, so would you say that, that you can just go as long as you don't feel like get sick and as long as you can perform the training, then nothing is stopping you for like throughout your pregnancy. Would that be your generic advice, both as a nurse, as you said, and you have been working in nursing and also you have a degree in exercise science. So, so you, don't just have your own experience. You ha you also have like theoretical background education yeah. in, in these topics to, to back it up with. Yeah, I think that you can, you know, do what you want. Your body is going to limit you in in areas if, you know, listen to your body, basically. If it's saying, no, don't do that, like that's uncomfortable or, you know, that doesn't feel good, then just don't do that. But uh, I felt like one of the biggest things about not getting nauseous with pregnancy and working out and everything like that to me was being able to keep calories down and even just eating every like half hour kind of thing like would just really, really help because as soon as I got like the tiniest bit hungry, I got nauseous and then I would throw up and then I would be okay. <laughs> so <laughs> as long as I didn't get hungry, I was okay. So just keeping like constant, you know, fuel source. So yeah. And one thing I want to piggyback on is when you mentioned tempo effort, we have just had a few episodes 
on uh, training zones in in swimming, biking, and running, and in at least in in biking and running, when we talk about training zones for the listeners, that tempo effort that uh, that Jocelyn was talking about is uh, zone free. So, yeah. so you can have a reference to that. All right. So, uh, what about strength training? Did you do any strength training during this? I didn't. I mean, that is one area that I think is a little bit gray. Like you can't do any really, really heavy, heavy lifting because you don't want to create inner abdominal pressure and stuff like that. So I didn't, but I also hated strength training. So so if I'm going to eliminate something, I'm going to eliminate the thing that I don't like. I do strength training all the time now, at least twice a week and everything. So I have that back in my program. But back then I didn't see the use of it. I didn't see the value of it. I just wanted my aerobic fitness. So right, fair enough. Uh, so, what about you mentioned that your your doctors were really progressive, but what what about those listeners that may have doctors with uh, conservative opinions about how to how to train during pregnancy? What what advice can you give them for how to handle potential objections? Yeah, I mean, I think that in the in healthcare in general, you have to be your own advocate. And I mean, you have you have your doctors to advise you, but they're not the boss of you. You're the CEO of your life, so you know you can choose what you want to do, and you know it's what you're going to do. So, I mean, having a good frank conversation with a doctor is always a nice and good idea. And you know, bringing research articles to them so then they can progress their practice as long as they're willing to sit down and listen to you. I think that I won't ever go to a doctor that isn't willing to listen to their patient and what their ideas are and what their feelings are, just because I think that's very key in, you know, in a practice. So, yeah, excellent advice. And uh, let's now move on to post-pregnancy. How did your training look like at uh, that stage? Yeah. So post-pregnancy, again, I, I had progressive doctors. And so, you know, usually they say you can't do anything for two weeks and everything, but I yeah, had my doctor said, you know, you can go out, do like walk jogging, I should say, <laughs> like a week after and everything. And I mean, I remember this first couple of days after she was born, I didn't want to do anything. And I was like, how am I going to want to do anything in a week? So, but when the week came, I felt a lot better and started doing my walk jogging. And a lot of doctors, what they say is let like the bleeding be kind of your, maybe this is TMI, but... <laughs> be like the control of, of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. If you start bleeding a little heavier, then, you know, kind of back it off and have that kind of be the guide and, and, you know, the level of what you can do and not do. So. Yeah, it's all good. It's an audio media. We won't have visual <laughs> service. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and then you had 11 weeks or so to your race. So what what was the progression like training? Was it a traditional inverse taper? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't too much of an inverse taper. It was just, I just really like after, you know, after I jumped back in and I started walk jogging and then I progressed that, you know, a couple of weeks, like basically, you know, four or five weeks after she was born, I was doing the same that I was doing before she was born. I mean, because I was there already, you know, like just four weeks beforehand, just jumping right back into it is not that big of a deal. I mean, it's just like you did a race, you took a week or two off and you're jumping back into training. You know, you can jump back a lot faster when you're just taking a week or two off and, and jumping back in. And so I was able to build up for a couple of weeks and then and then build back down into the race. So, OK, perfect. And, and that race went went all right then? 
It did. I I had my unofficial official goal of going under five hours and I did a, a 458.59. So barely, but I did it. So yeah. yeah. So what would you say? How much fitness could you actually retain during your pregnancy and, and through that post-pregnancy period? Yeah, just compared to where you were before you started feeling the effects of pregnancy? I mean, I I would say, you know, like 85% of, you know, of your fitness. And, and honestly, like, like, as long as you continue to train through your pregnancy, like you can jump back into it. And so you're not going to lose a ton, you know, it's not going to be a huge change in your fitness. So yeah, yeah, great. So so moving on now to a bit later in uh, in your life and, and your the stage of your career as well, you have you're now raising Emily, who is four at this moment, and you're professional. But you were you weren't professional at that point, so you also had a, a stage of your life probably where you were working and and raising a toddler and training. Yeah. So how how did you put those pieces of the puzzle together and and make it all fit in in your life? Yeah, yeah. Because when I trained for my first Ironman, I was working full time, and then I had uh, she was about one, a little under one, and then turned one, and then I did the Ironman and and everything. And so it was, it was intense. And it was a very balancing act and and everything. And so, you know, but I felt like having the different dimensions of your life, I think is really key in life in general, and in in progress and in accomplishing your goals, like you need to not be like 100% on one thing, or you're going to drive yourself insane. So having those different dimensions of my life really helped. And I fortunately, I was working as a nurse. And so I would work either 7am to 7pm, or I also did the evening shift. So that's 3pm to 1130pm. So, you know, with that, when I worked 12 hour days, I would usually go on like a, you know, like an hour run in the morning before I went in, I would go in work 12 hours. And then I would do like a shakeout ride that night just to, you know, get because you're on your feet all day as a nurse just to get that blood flowing through your legs again at night. And then I would, I would be working three days a week. And so if I had the next day off, that would be a heavier day. And then, you know, when I had a 12 hour day, it would be a lighter day and everything. So that was really fortunate that I had, you know, the flexibility to do that and everything. And, and, um, and having a trainer for my bike is, was, has also always been key just because I can train and she can be asleep, you know, or I can train and she can be playing on the side with her toys and everything and, or have a play date over even now that she's old enough, like she can have a play date over and just play while I'm training and everything. And, and so having that, and then also having a gym that has childcare, I have a gym half a mile from my house that has childcare that I can take her to. And so I would do a lot of treadmill runs at the gym. So she would go to childcare and I would, I would go to the treadmills or go to the pool or anything like that. So you can make it work. You just have to be flexible and in your training and then what you're going to do each day. So yeah. So, so when you were working 12 hour days, did your husband take care of Emily or did she go to kindergarten at that point? Or Yeah. I had a good friend who would watch her. We, you know, we would, it was basically a childcare that she would go to. So. Okay. Yeah. Good. Let me see anything else. So, okay. Related to this topic is time management in general, because that's a thing that the many listeners have been asking about any tips, not necessarily even related to like raising a toddler or anything, but but time management, any other tips for the listeners of the show that you can share with us? Yeah, well, I mean, the keys, 
you know, to my time management at this time and then at that time where, you know, every Sunday I would plan out my dinners for the week. So then that would be all, I wouldn't have to think about that during the week. It would be all set and do some prep if I had time or if, you know, I could for those meals and everything. And, and then always making extra for every meal. So I would have it for lunches that week as well. And, and then not only that, but every night I would plan the next day. So I would sit down and I would say, okay, well, I'm waking up this time and then I'm working out during this time and then I'm working during this time and I'm, you know, doing family stuff during this time and everything. So I would have it all lined out to the minute basically of what I needed to do and get done and and have different goals to accomplish on each day. So Okay, perfect. Those are great tips. Do you have anything else that you want to share on, on these topics with the listeners that comes to mind? I mean, I think I think something else that has been a lot of fun is involving my daughter in this. And so, I mean, we actually, I have a stroller. And so on some of my runs, I would take her and she calls them adventure rides. And it's been a great like bonding opportunity from when she was little, we would just go out and, you know, we would start with colors of different things. And then, you know, saying what everything was, tree, house, car, everything like that. And then we would start, you know, counting the cars and And then we would have, you know, conversations. And now we have uh, this little speaker that we bring and we have like Disney princess song sing-alongs during our run sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great, like, uh, it's a really great bonding opportunity. And it's a really great opportunity for her to see, like, to see me seek goals that I have, have goals, and then be able to see me accomplish them. And I think that's really key in, in kids and and especially like in this generation is to see that work that needs to go into accomplishing these goals like it's it's not easy it is a lot of work and it's a lot of time but if you want something you can go out there and you can get it if you have the gumption to back it up yeah that's going to be a big advantage compared to many that are brought up with sort of an instant gratification attitude yeah, so, yeah. Uh, perfect so what are your plans now for your own professional career? What moving back to your own triathlon specifically? What what's what's next for for Jocelyn? Well, for the summer I have I have this little uh local-ish race that's up in Maine, the state of Maine and New Hampshire on the East Coast and it's called Cedar Summit. It's just like a fun like adventure triathlon race that I'm looking forward to and then after that, I'm going to do 70.3 Boulder in August, 70.3 Vinci France in August, and hopefully have enough points for Kona. I am borderline right now, according to Thorsten online. So we'll see what happens, but that's my plan. So those 70.3 is in a build up to Kona. So Yeah, perfect. And uh, best of luck for that. I really hope that you can, can get those points and, and get to Kona. I know that you are a bit of a disadvantage because I heard on uh, on our <laughs> podcast that you only race on Saturdays. Yeah. So actually I have no races. That's, that's, that's part of the reason I'm doing this local race. It is that I don't have any other opportunities really just to go out there and have fun. But it's also because there are no races on Saturday, Ironman branded or Challenge branded races on Saturday until August when I'm doing those two races. So it's just kind of a wait and see for Kona at this point and uh, go from there. And then I usually, I usually have a, that's usually my start of my season is, is the winter in the U S here. And so I, I usually have more of a Southern hemisphere season and, and go down and do the Southern hemisphere races. So. Yeah. Well, best of luck for that. So finally, I have three rapid fire questions for you. Let's start with what's your favorite book, blog or resource related to triathlon. 
I would say Life of a Triathlete by Meredith Kessler. She's another pro athlete uh, out in California. And she has an amazing website. And that was an, is an amazing book and an amazing series. And I can't wait for the next one to come out. It's been really helpful in my journey um, these last couple of years as a pro and to kind of just like feel everything out because there's really... There aren't that. That's the only resource out there that I've ever seen, um, and her other resources on her website of you know how to approach sponsors and you know how to have these conversations and what you should be asking for, what you should be doing, and you know how to present yourself as a professional. So. Ah, that's what that book is about because I I know about that that book is available, of course, but I haven't really been looking into it. So that's interesting to to hear. And uh, and you're the second person that has been recommending it. So. So yeah. yeah, that's, that's, so that's yeah. Yeah. That has some of it in it. Her website has a lot more of that stuff as well. So, yeah. Uh, so what's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? I think like all of your interviewers, that's a very hard question because <laughs> we have so many things that we love, like our bikes. I have a Quintana Roo bike. I absolutely love my nutrition sponsor, which is F2C and I've always, I've never been able to find something that I can, I can really stomach and enjoy trainer ride after trainer ride after trainer ride. <laughs> um, and uh, I love my, you know, my helmets, my sunglasses, uh, cask helmet, and uh, my rider sunglasses. So okay, yeah, you're like most people, they cheat on that one and pick at least two. So <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's okay. It's okay. Uh, people can get get a lot of inspiration and, and have a look at those those things. Finally, what's the personal habit that's helped you achieve success? Um, I think I mean we touched on it earlier. I think time management and having the different dimensions of my life. Like I uh, I used to when I first started, you know, when I had triathlon and I ha- I just had become a mom and everything. I. I viewed it as, you know, being a mom was a disadvantage to me and that it wasn't, it wasn't helping me, you know, like it was, you know, holding me back in, in an aspect. And when I changed my view of, wait a second, no, it's not, it actually, it makes me a better person. It makes me a better triathlete and it helps me have more, um, rounded, better life. Um, I think I saw a lot more success when, um, I had that. And so really seeing those different dimensions of your life as, as uh, advantages instead of trying to see them as disadvantages. Perfect. That's a perfect way to end, end this interview. Thank you, Jocelyn, for uh, coming on. Where, where can people find out more about you and, and connect with you? Yeah, I do a lot of uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's Jocelyn Gardner Macaulay on Facebook and Jocelyn Macaulay on Instagram. And then I'm J-O-C-E, Josie Macaulay on Twitter. So Perfect. And we'll have all of these uh, social media accounts linked up in the, in the show notes as well. All right. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. No problem. Thank you. So I really do think that that's an important topic that's uh, not talked about a lot. As I said during the interview, I have been trying to research it, but most of the advice that you get is very generic and doesn't look really evidence-based or shall we say. So I'm happy to have... Uh, I've actually learned a ton from Jocelyn's story here. So so this was very useful for, for my coaching. And I hope that especially for, of course, for the female listeners of the show that that this is something that may be relevant to you and, and that you can use it if, if that is going to be the case. So hopefully this has been, although it's uh, slightly not what you usually hear on podcasts, I hope that is a good thing and, and that this is something that you find valuable having these sorts of special topics that are really 
applicable and and not just the normal training stuff that we also talk about a lot i think that this is important so so i'm glad you have done this interview with jocelyn so uh and also one more thing i get plenty of emails every week telling me how you appreciate the podcast and find value in it which uh, i of course i'm very happy and i respond to all those emails but I wanted to ask because I still honestly have quite few ratings and reviews on iTunes, although I try to remember to ask at the end of episodes. So, and iTunes is the number one way that people find out about the podcast. So actually my friends over in the United Kingdom are helping out pretty good because uh, I've seen a surge in the iTunes rankings over there, but, uh, but other countries are lagging, shall we say. So if you have been with me on this uh, podcasting journey now for a few months and the and you have found value in it i would really 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 appreciate it if you could give this podcast a rating and review on itunes so that it shows up in the searches on itunes better because that is as i've been talking about i want to get this out to as many triathletes as possible i don't want to uh, just have it be my grandmother listening to this podcast uh, although i would have to explain to her what a podcast is first of course but you get the point so yeah anyway i would appreciate if you do that and uh, that would definitely make my day other than that i don't think i have too many updates for today i will save make this week's in podcast episodes a bit shorter than what they have been in recent weeks because we've been going a bit long so uh, thank you as always for listening Uh, i appreciate you tuning in every monday and thursday keep training smart and keep loving triathlon